It's quite amazing. Ask not what your voice can do for you. Welcome to the Haas Boys Podcast, <laughs> your all-American Formula One podcast. Yes, it is. With me, Max, as your host, mm. with my buddy, Mike. Yo. On the other Mike. What's up? Yo, nothing is up today except we just came down from the Baku race. Oh, yeah, we did. I mean, we usually talk about news for the first little bit, mm. but the news is that Baku happened. It happened. Yeah. I mean... Kind of a, a disappointing weekend for Haas. Yes. You have those every once in a while. Let's be honest. You got to win some. Not to, every you team. You got to lose some to win them. Ex- yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the saying. Yes, yeah, for sure what it is. That's at least William's saying. Yeah. <laughs> for the last 10 years. <laughs> well, you got to win, lose some to win some. Yep. That's what it is. That's what it is, Logan. Yep. You're not getting that seat and lose for us. <laughs> Get out there and lose, boy. <laughs> like a Williams driver should. Make Latifi proud. Make Plan L. <laughs> Logan. He, he is? He's a Plan He's L. He's the new Plan L. Oh, man. And I, he did crash. Yeah. Did he? I don't know what session. There's so many sessions. But he there did crash. There were so many one sessions this week. Cause yeah. they, how many practice sessions did they have? Just one? So they had FP1. FP1. Then the then sprint. A qualifying. Qualifying for sprint race. No, qualifying for the race. The format was wild. Okay, so explain it to me. So go over this format and how the weekend was laid out. And then let's get into some of the crazy things that happened. Honestly, right off the bat, I watched it live. Right. Saw the first couple laps. And then I woke up. <laughs> after they had celebrated at the podium. Yes. So it, for me, it wasn't too exciting of a race. I think I saw the first safety car. Uh, yeah, I can't blame you for this. It was pretty <laughs> sleepy, this one, which is kind of unusual given that, you know, this you is the track the where races are nuts. Right. Yeah. And Drama. I would say the sprint was a little bit more of kind of what I think we would expect from an Azerbaijan race. Uh-huh. It was fairly clean, but yeah. we did have a little bit more of what Christian Horner has coined as jeopardy for the drivers who were kind of clipping walls yeah. and things were breaking and carbon fiber flying everywhere. But here's the format for the week. Yeah. How did it pan out? So on Friday, April 28th, we had... FP1 practice. They could practice and drive around. Yes, and do their thing. Yeah. Until their heart's content. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least for that first hour. Uh-huh. Then, later that day, they that afternoon, they did qualifying, and then qualifying was for the race. Sunday race. For the Sunday race. And one of the reasons that this was insane- Right. So is that far, they've I had don't know why. One practice session. Yeah. Formula One cars take a lot of setup time. Uh huh. And that's part of the reason why they normally have three practice sessions. Three practice sessions for right. before they qualify. Okay. And so, so they gave them they're down one. two practice sessions. Yeah. Going into qualifying, which means you have no time for a mistake. Right. You make an error and you're hosed. Yeah. And so Alpine made some errors. Right. And they really suffered through the weekend because of this. But one practice session, qualifying following it. Okay. We know from experience here, Charles Leclerc took pole in qualifying. Mm-hmm. Could we just, a small little. Yeah, sure. 
Cut? Some applause. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Just some like some golf course clap. Oh, okay, that's what that was. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I was stoked. I can't believe Ferrari. Beat out Max by a couple tenths, and it was amazing. Right, and it seems as though, you know, there was this month-long break of the spring break, mm-hmm. and we'll dive a little deeper into that. Who then, came away from that break looking like they used their time the best? Ferrari. And then, then what happened after qualifying? Well, then- Saturday morning, they did a sprint shootout, which was a qualifying session specifically for the sprint. Wait, did I miss a sprint race? It was so, it's just a qualifying session that is called the sprint shootout. Oh, so they had like a tiny qualifying session. A small qualifier. Oh, this is bonkers. It was, I did not know any of this was happening. Yeah. Sprint shootout, then the sprint race. Then the sprint that afternoon. And then the sprint race meant nothing. Standalone. It is its own That event. is weird. And then you had the race on Sunday. Correct. Why? So a lot of the drivers and, and earlier- so, so if you're new to the podcast or for Formula One, right. last year and the year before they had sprint races. Right. And the, and the order of that race put you in, or whoever won that race, that was the order for the actual race on Sunday. Correct. That makes sense to me. Right. Now so, it just feels like they're like, let's just put in another race. Right. And that, that was part of the teams and the drivers with their, their sort of, how did they make it valuable to them? Yeah. What, why? And What's the point? Part of that was being that like, okay, we have this qualifying race that sets the order for the race on Sunday, but it has points. Yeah. And so a lot of the teams were kind of like, if it's going to have points, it needs to be a standalone. And it, because no qualifying session has ever been worth points. Right. And so we're giving away points for qualifying. Yeah. And running great risk. And the teams and the cars are losing parts. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of jeopardy. Again, air quotes for Christian Horner's favorite word. So the, what, the way that they felt that they could add value to the fans who come to the track during the weekend mm-hmm. was to provide a short race that points are awarded for, but has no impact on the main event on Sunday. It's kind that's, of a wild idea. It's a very wild idea. And, I'm and I sure. like racing. I like seeing them race, but it seems like this race has no point. To me, I kind of agree that I feel like the best method for this was to make the Sunday race more valuable. Yeah. Not to make Saturday's race more valuable. Like, like the winners get some diamonds when they win. Yeah. <laughs> that were stolen from the <laughs> from, local museum. Yeah, exactly. You know, they were on display. It's yeah. like a, their Herbie goes to Monte Carlo <laughs> plot. Um, but yeah, the... Basically, the idea, though, for the previous year mm-hmm. was to add more value to Sunday. It was by being like, oh, they were also had a race to determine their this. positions. Yeah. They didn't just have the fastest lap ever. It was also they had to wheel-to-wheel battle. Yeah. But now we're seeing that it's its own race and Literally whatever. just as like big race weekend and mini race weekend. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's interesting. So, But on um, the sprint race- was fun. Charles Leclerc got pull on both the qualifying for the race and for the sprint. Fun. So he was... I guess that's why I didn't even notice that there was this weird thing happening because he did both. Because the results were pretty much the same for both sessions. And um, I mean, the sprint race was fun because... George actually was competitive against Max. Max didn't like it. No. He was mad that someone decided to race him. (laughs) Yes. You know... He was like, Christian, who... I'm doing a George Russell impression (laughs) as Max. No, his is like, Christian, I I can't do a Max impression. I'm discovering this now. It either came out as George. (laughs) (laughs) But he's just like, Christian, who told them that they could race me? I thought I was the best and only I could drive. Only me. Only me, Christian. Didn't you tell me that at the wedding? Who told George he could race me? (laughs) For real. Who told him? But George, I mean, 
just was racing really aggressive. I mean, and it seems like he was in all of the right to do so. I, I mean, I feel like there is this this egomaniac thing that has mm-hmm. to be done. Yeah, where if you're if you're a peacock mm-hmm. and you've got another male who's fluffing his feathers next to you, trying yeah. to attract the females, you're gonna smack him with your feathers and be like, "No, my yeah. turf." Uh-huh. Uh huh. Max was definitely out of line to be that mad. Right. He was not justified, in my opinion, at all yeah. with what he was saying to George. Uh-huh. So, but does Max so George, need to put George in his place to say, I'm competing for the world championship. You can compete for fourth. Yeah. That's fine. Uh-huh. But don't put a hole in the side of my car <laughs> competing for fourth. <laughs> I, I get that. And and if you didn't see it, yeah, they're going around a corner and George just kind of squoes Max out of a corner. And Max, yeah, and the their, uh, George's tire touched Max's AirPod, his side pod, <laughs> and uh, he hit up against the wall a bit. And the, yeah. for the rest of the race, he didn't have the a good aerodynamic Advantage, flow going, right. and yeah, so yeah. his car was a bit slower. Right, um, and so he was pissed at the end of the race. It was kind of threatening George. Yeah, and like George walked away, and he's like, "Well, then next time maybe we see if if it's if I do the same." Like he's like like. It's like so dumb because yeah. George is wearing his head, <laughs> head his helmet still. Yeah, he yeah. can't hear you. There's this thing that like I I, I I was texting you about it, and in the it's just like these world champions when they become world champion, it's like they lose all their memory from the previous seasons. Oh ever. yeah, yep. It's like Max it's is like I have only ever driven like a charming, rule abiding, <laughs> professional driver. I am, and George, how dare you I, brush up against me? And then, like two years earlier, Max's tire was on top of Lewis's head, literally parked <laughs> on Lewis's head in Monza. Just like forgot that you need to give me space. <laughs> I've always given plenty of space. Maybe, maybe you race and you give us space. I have never driven like that in my whole life. It's I've, that scene from Parks and Recreation, right? Where <laughs> it's John Ralphio and his dad and his daughter, like uh, Mona Lisa Saperstein, and he's like. She's like, I literally have never done anything wrong in my entire life ever. And he's like, I know this and I love you. That's Christian and Max <laughs> yeah, it together. Is. It really is. It really is. Max has never given anything but space. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know. Toto, quit. Shut up over there. <laughs> it's just, That's Christian. It's just bonkers. And then we can do the same thing with Lewis. Right. When, he, when Max was challenging him and yeah. he was like, yeah, fluffing out his feathers. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, I have never booted a Red Bull off into a wall ever right. in my life. And right. then there's just like so many compilation Wait. videos of him throwing Alex Albon into a fence. Right, right. <laughs> or, or even just for better reference. We were never that fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the new one this year. We were never that I've fast. I've never seen that sort of dominance and speed from a car. <laughs> when we were racing, it was all barely milliseconds that we were winning by. I think Dory being able to remember her family and yeah. finding Dory yeah. is more miraculous. <laughs> or it is now proven that it, race car drivers have a shorter term yeah, memory shorter, problem than yeah. Dory does. There is something medically so, wrong with champions when they win. It really is, an, it is a rampant pandemic epidemic yeah. of large proportions that happens on the grid. Definitely Max was, you know, the Max and George thing. Max was on the outside. George was definitely on the inside line. Mm-hmm. Max was never going to be able to take the line away from George, mm-hmm. which gave Max one option if he didn't want George running into him back out of the corner yep. and let George take it. Yeah. And he chose to go wheel to wheel with him. George's wheel ending up in the side pot of his car is yeah. the risk he ran. Yeah. And it wasn't George's fault. Right. So at the end of the day, him being 
a little bit feisty about it and yeah. having words is definitely just him being world champion. I've noticed that Max former world champion. When when I was watching Max like talk to George, Max's posture is odd. He doesn't stand up straight. He haunches his shoulders and his head is forward off like of his body. Office. I I know what he you're talking about. He looks kind of like a like a golem or like a little goblin. Yeah, he like the shoulders go yeah. all the way up. Yeah, like and then his head out. It, it kind of makes him look bird-like, like and a then his, stork. And then stock. his hair his hair on the back of his <laughs> yeah. head stands up like yeah. he's in 6th grade. Yeah. And he's trying to like he's not sure if it should part to the right. Yet. And he's always yeah. And so, yeah, take a look at that. Yeah. If you agree, disagree, send us a message. Everyone else in the on the paddock has good posture cuz they're working out. Max is Yeah. I'm just finding more and more reasons to like, yeah, not like Max. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll give I'll give him yeah. some credit. I'll give him yeah, some credit yeah. here though. So, but before we move on here, let's let's finish up on the sprint. Finish race. up sprint race, Baku. So both of these races had very similar results. Charles started on pole. Sergio Perez won the sprint uh, race. Okay, yeah. And, but in this race, Charles <laughs> finished second. So he did manage to at least hold the second position. Yeah. Uh, and again, mild types of, you know, there wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Yuki Sonoda didn't finish uh, the sprint race, but there wasn't anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the race itself. I was really hopeful uh, at one point. I think um, Nico Hulkenberg seemed like he was on like a long strategy. Right. And it did put him up a bit in the field. Um, K-Mag, I was hoping he was doing good for a bit, but then there was a safety car. Totally. And it kind of like uh, put things out of whack again. For sure. Haas just didn't have the best week. It wasn't a bad, bad week. We've had horrible weeks in the past. Well, and I think that sometimes it's hard to it's hard to quantify a good effort mm-hmm. when you finish out of the points. Yeah. But Kevin Magnuson started last. Right. You know, so it's like he did good. Or where did he start? Let me. Someone see. started from the pit. Nico Holgenberg started Nico, from the pit. Nico started from the pit. Yeah. Came so did Ocon. Yeah. So both of them started from uh, from last. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Kevin started. Let's see here. Kevin Magnuson qualified 18th. So he wasn't much further ahead. Mm-hmm. But in the race. Kevin finished 13th. Yeah. So still a good solid finish for them. They, you know, moved up up. five positions. Yeah, which is great. Uh, And then Nico, again, Nico and Esteban ran a really long race Mm -hmm. and pretty much created the DRS train that no one could (laughs) advance from, uh, but then ended up pitting and whatever. And uh, actually, Esteban Ocon pitted on the final lap of the race. Yeah, while there was spectators in the pit. That was kind lane. of fun to look at. And I think it was the most high energy moment of the race. Yeah, because <laughs> Ted Kravitz was screaming at people to get uh, out of the way. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, I <laughs> fell asleep. And then when we were talking about it later, I was like, oh, I got to go back and watch these highlights. And yeah, Esteban Ocon, like you said, w- went the whole race, the entire without race, without changing tires. But he has to, by law, right. To change to a different compound. Right. So he's going into the pit lane on the last lap. So he's going to change his tires and in the pit lane cross the finish line, right? Right. And he gets in and there's a whole crowd of people from Mercedes yeah, or just or just anyone. They, they didn't have colored like jumpsuits on like the mechanics yeah. do. No, it was like but fans. flooded the whole thing. Yeah. And they come in and then they're all running away from the car that's coming in. Yeah. They're like Esteban Ocon almost hit some people. Well, I mean, even if Esteban didn't have to come in to change his tires at the end of the race, whatever. Uh-huh things happen. Mm-hmm. It's still a hot racetrack. Yeah. It's like someone could have blown a tire on the last lap and then been like, I'm coming in. Yeah. What or, is or the, the engine's blowing from? up or whatever. Yeah. No one should ever be in the pit lane while yeah. the race is still going. Crazy. So pretty nuts. Ted Kravitz flipping his lid was really funny to listen to because he was like, <laughs> 
it, his the tone in his voice was like uh, like uh, it's like someone saying something inappropriate about the Mona Lisa in a museum or something being like mm-hmm. Psh, I don't see what's so special about it. Yeah. And like being like the ultimate art uh-huh. curator or fan. Uh-huh. And like hearing someone say that and be like yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and that, that was that Ted was Kravitz's tone. tone was like disgrace <laughs> Just... this is disgraceful get out of the pit lane <laughs> only I'm allowed down here that's hilarious and so it was killing me anyways it was super funny but I'm all over the place I mean it's just there were things that happened in the race the race itself was fairly uneventful uh-huh. but uh, you know a couple of accidents Nick DeVries broke a toe yeah. link and that wasn't even really a crash yeah just bumped the wall but um, fun that Perez won. I think the the overarching theme of the weekend is like everyone is excited that Perez won. Right. There's a glimmer of hope. There is that he could be taking the fight to Max, regardless of what Red Bull is pushing him to do. For sure. And he could then go to another street circuit this week in Miami and pull ahead in the championship and enrage Max. Yeah. I mean, it's a reality. Yeah. And I feel like I couldn't be more stoked that uh-huh. this is the way that it's been panning out so far. Yeah. It's basically all that we've hoped for. I mean, this week is Miami. Another race week, back to back. It's lovely. So and happy And if it. Perez wins, it's like his next door neighbor home race almost, besides Las Vegas now. Right. And Austin. So actually, it's the furthest away in the U.S. <laughs> of the American races. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but there's a big Latin culture in Florida. Definitely. And if he wins, it might just pop the roof off of Miami. Like, that would be insane. Well, here's the thing, too. If Sergio is able to win in the U.S., which would be huge, uh-huh. they go to they go to Imola next after that. Yes. And that might be Max's opportunity to take a win back. Mm-hmm. But then they go back to Monaco. Ooh, Das Monaco. And then guess who won in Monaco last? The Sergio Perez. Mr. Perez. So here's the thing. We have we have some good opportunities for this to be the case. Mm-hmm. We do go into a string of circuits following that. Yep. But, I mean, it's not that far-fetched. And, and we really hoped that this would happen. And uh, truthfully, I feel like what we're seeing from Sergio, and we can, we can we can always spend more time talking about this. Yeah. But to keep it brief this week, I think that Sergio Perez has really figured out how to get, he's, how to get Max to make mistakes. Mm. He pushed Max to burn his tires. Interesting. The safety car was maybe going to come out. He goes in to change his tires, and Sergio's tires are good. Aha, uh-huh, the king of management. Uh, he gets his pit stop done under the right <laughs> circumstances. Everything goes his way. Interesting, and then yeah. he walks away with the win. It's huge. And now that we have the new Plan L... <laughs> Logan could Plan Logan. really pull through for America this weekend. <laughs> for, for America <laughs> and Mexico. For his home race. Yeah. <laughs> Do what? Do, Do it for the- Actually, Logan's from like Flor- Fort Lauderdale. Kind of He's cool. like literally from Florida. All right. So this is, it really is a home race. <laughs> don't, don't crash, Logan. That would yeah. be embarrassing. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, we're stoked for all of that. All right. Moving to the other items of the episode for today. First, we have something we promised you. We're going to be checking in with- our old co-host, Parker. Yes. We promised you, and it's about time we figure out how he's doing on his quest Yeah, to vindicate Haas yeah. from the PBS slander. Yeah. He's been roaming for yeah. a lot of the times that we've tried to call him, but yeah. we're going to try. We're, we're going to see, gonna, what, see, see if we can get, get a phone. hold of him. And then uh, we're going to talk about NASCAR. Yeah. And then we're going to answer a few listener questions. We got a few over Instagram, a few, a few through email. So we're stoked to answer those. That'll be our episode for today. Yo. 
So first off, let's uh, let's call Parker. Let's see if I can get him on speed dial here. I mean, I haven't changed my favorites in my phone, so it should be easy. To... Perfect. All right, Mike is just picking up the phone. He is swiping to get to the app. His thumb is dancing across the screen. And he has selected Parker, and he is hitting the phone icon, and it is ringing. Thanks for the play-by-play, Max. <laughs> oh, phone's ringing. Phone's ringing. Hey, Parker, it's the Haas boys. Parker? Parker? Hello? Yeah? Hello? Hey, Parker. Parker? How's it going? Max, Mike! Yeah. Yo! What's up? Hey, guys, I'm on the tarmac! Yeah, are you on the tarmac? I mean, we were calling to get an update. Uh, we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. We wanted to know how things are going with your investigative work with the uh, PBS uh, journalism. Guys, guys, sorry, I, I, I have really limited time. Yeah, I've been yeah. looking into the Simon Ostrovsky case. Yeah, the, the article yeah. about the, the weapons, the arms, and uh, from Russia, the arms industry. The other passengers on this plane hate you. Yeah, by are, the are way, you, are you? On? No, we're, we're on the tarmac. I, I'm not inside the plane yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like guys, I, I've got to go. But, but uh, where are you headed? This is crazy. I'm, I'm in Saint Petersburg. I'm, oh, I'm oh. about to head up to Siberia. <laughs> okay. This goes way deeper than we ever thought. F- oh, okay. Wow. Well, all right. Uh, good luck. Uh, safe flight. Yeah. <laughs> Anything? Okay, I, oh, I oh. Guy named Oleg. Yeah. He's got information for me. I'm just falling this as far as it goes. This is way bigger than we ever thought. Oh, we were right. <laughs> I did not expect. We this. were right. I thought okay. you would not be in St. Petersburg. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, well, we'll check in with you. Hopefully. Yeah. It's later. Okay. I've got to go. Okay. I, I, go. okay right. Bye. Yeah. See you, Parker. <laughs> Jeez. Um, wow. Did not expect <laughs> that. Got out of hand quick. Yeah. I I do not know how to make heads or tails of that. I don't either. I was not expecting <laughs> that sort of excitement from Parker's life. This is one of those times where you're like, you're, your friend's really excited about something uh-huh. and you're like, yeah, man, I'm. I'm with you. I'm like, I hope to see you again. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this is one of those times where you're like, yeah, man, we're in on this. Yes. And then your friend actually does it. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, Ooh. do you want to? Was this? Uh, <laughs> that was a joke, Parker. I hope you come back. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's get you back safe and sound. Yeah. But uh, Ole- Oleg is yeah. this connect that he found. Yeah. Might I mean, be worth. We'll check back in. Yeah. We'll check back in. We'll have to definitely. I mean for just even for the sake of making sure that he's okay he's okay yeah Yeah. we're gonna definitely check back in but okay godspeed parker all right shifting gears like i said we want to talk about nascar but for a particular reason we have had a lot of people send in messages this year Asking us if we like NASCAR right, or other motorsport events. And we thought like, well, yeah, we do. Mike especially does. Yeah. Maybe if you're new to Formula One, you are probably new to other motorsport. So we want to maybe over the next couple of weeks or months, dive into some of those, give little segment highlights to the different motorsport out there. Today, we want to cover NASCAR. A little bit of the history, a little bit of the, little bit of the what it is, okay. why it's different than Formula One. Little bit of the cool teams and drivers you might want to follow if you want to check it out. Yeah. And maybe Mike's top three reasons on why it's cool. Yeah. And then my top three reasons on why Formula One is cooler. <laughs> but that'll be an interesting comparison. <laughs> you want to go fast and far? 
Then hop into a nasty car. Nasty car. Nasty car. Nasty car. Do they call NASCAR nasty car? Uh, mostly. Do just... sometimes the drivers dry nude and they call it nasty car? They call it <laughs> doing a nasty car. <laughs> They have the NASCAR nasty car race. Yeah. And they, all the drivers are naked. It's <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, then give us an overview on what NASCAR is. Oh, okay. Maybe fine. what is it, Mike? And what is a brief history? Right. And then I'll ask you about cool teams and drivers to, to look at. Look, it's real simple. NASCAR was founded on bootlegging. It was oh. running alcohol across the border during Prohibition. Really? Yes. So Na- it's it's the it's it's the plot for Smokey and the Bandit. It's Smokey and the Bandit, but a few decades before Smokey and the Bandit. That's amazing. The idea behind it was that these <laughs> southern boys, they had hot rods. They made their cars faster than the police. This is and amazing. Built the engines to be uh, to have higher performance, greater power. <laughs> yeah. And they would run to Mexico, run across the border with alcohol and then disperse. And wow. that was what created the idea was that all of these guys who were the, the runners uh-huh. were like, well, my car's faster than yours. Uh, uh, yeah, that's eventually what everyone would do. Right. Yeah. Racing started the, the second the second car was any, made. Yeah. Any t- <laughs> yeah. Every, every person is competitive once something gets faster. Right. Yeah. Daytona was the first NASCAR race. It was half tarmac, half sand. Sand. They raced on the beach. That sounds awful. Yep. It sounds slow and awful. But that is how NASCAR was born. They built an oval that was partially on the road that ran down the beach and partially Uh, on the beach. So all these dudes that had been like souping their cars up to run liquor were now all getting together for a race. They were all getting together to see who was fastest around an oval. That's fun. Yeah. That's a crazy... I didn't know that history. Yeah, so that's how NASCAR was born. Sweet. So fast forward to the idea of then creating the stock car. Okay. So the idea of NASCAR then became a <laughs> Eventually spec everyone was like, hey, let's stop competing for car builds. <laughs> yes. Basically. Stock means everyone's the same. Right, as a spec racing series. Now in racing... That's a loose term because basically what you're saying is that everyone has the same opportunity because they have to have mm. the same body shapes, the same okay. chassis, the same ETC, ETC, those kind of items. But there's still interpretation of the rules, which is okay. what all motorsport is based on. a little bit of wiggle on. room. Right. And, you know, back in the day, NASCAR used to have ways that people would cheat and things mm. like that. And that has borne more and more rules. When I was a kid, NASCAR used to have these metal templates that were like machined aluminum, super long, as long as the race car pieces. Okay. Like, a, like a puzzle piece silhouette. Yeah. And they would put it on top of the car to make sure that it was to spec. Oh, wow. And they would do it vertically and horizontally along the car to make sure that nothing oh. was out of shape. Wow. All of the teams had their own little ways of cheating. And so these days now, before every race and a pre-race inspection, the cars go into a blacked out room and a laser measures every inch of the car to make sure that it's to spec. Wow. So there is no getting away with uh, anything body anymore. (laughs) Let's just be loose with it. Yeah, so... That's kind of cool. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But that's part of what makes the sport interesting is that, in theory, any team that can afford to build a NASCAR can show up and win on any given weekend. And that's kind of the idea behind a spec racing series. Okay. So, literally, anyone can just join in on any race? 
so if you can qualify for the race, okay, then you can participate in the race. And a NASCAR is a lot cheaper than a Formula One car by a long shot. By a long shot. So yeah. regular rich guys, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Kind of like get a stock car. Well, and we'll put it this way too. I mean, not that Michael Jordan is on any tier other than the upper echelons of yeah. all individuals. Uh-huh. But Michael Jordan owns a NASCAR team. Yep. And so, and also in that same breath, so does Pitbull. And oh. So, like, there are some people in NASCAR that aren't, I wouldn't assume that Pitbull could start a Formula One team. And if he did, they wouldn't be very successful. <laughs> They'd be worldwide, though. <laughs> Dude. Nice. Yeah. Friggin' fireball, man. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, but Pitbull's team's actually been pretty good. Interesting. And so, uh, anyways, the, the idea behind it is that it's definitely a lot smaller of a barrier of entry. And it is definitely down to the drivers. It's definitely more of a driver sport than it is a car sport. Because the cars are all the same. So any sort of advantages is going to, any big advantages is going to come from being a better driver. Right. And so you can definitely have a better car, but if somebody uh-huh. is a better driver, yeah. they might be able to outperform the car yeah. and beat the person who has more tech and mm. has a little bit more advantage in small areas. And And these cars are like closed wheel cars. Correct. So if, you know, I mean, you've seen an ass car. Yeah. You're new to the sport. Just look at an ass car. Well, and the it's term- different than a Formula One car. Right. And the term stock car mm-hmm. is based on the idea that you could purchase a version of the car mm-hmm. they race on Sunday on the showroom floor. Yeah. I remember last year I watched, did I watch a a NASCAR race with you? I think so. And it was the first one I ever really watched. And I was surprised at how much they are bumping into each other and banging each other around on the track. Yeah, it's uh, it's full contact sport. That is fully (laughs) opposite from Formula One. Right. Because if you breathe wrong on a Formula One car passing it in another car, it's like it explodes. Yeah, there's shards of carbon fiber that are flying all over fans. Yeah, so how do they do that in NASCAR and why? Uh, So again, kind of going down to that idea that these are meant to be somewhat resembling a normal road-going car, Mm -hmm. they're built a little bit more robust. Yeah. They do use a lot of these kind of exotic materials like carbon fiber and mm. they have, you know, big brakes and wheels and things. And actually NASCAR in the more recent years has switched to an 18-inch BBS, which is very, you know, similar big to a road body car. single. <laughs> BBS wheel, my apologies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> made in Germany. Most, a lot of cars and their performance packages made at the manufacturer will sell them with BBSs these days. Oh, wow. So what uh, are the, you know, top rung wheel options for a car? But NASCAR had run 15-inch steel wheels up until that point. Oh. So that was a big adjustment to go to such a okay. big wheel. Wow. Uh, anyways, but NASCAR is, they build them to be a little tougher, but uh-huh. they also, <laughs> also they've found that that can cause injury to the driver. So they have to have crumple zones. They have to have things okay. that give or else people get hurt. Yeah. Uh, but with that, they're different purposes for the bumping short tracks bumping is to like move somebody out of the way to get them to spin out well not necessarily you don't want to be that aggressive because they'll definitely get back at you (laughs) (laughs) so you don't want to spin somebody out but if you move them okay and they don't fully slide and crash then that's a successful pass right drivers are really heated after short track races for this very reason it's like driving uh, if you're from Los Angeles, on the 405 and rush hour. It is a brutal, everyone mm. hates each other race yes. for four hours. Because not only is it a traffic jam and road rage, but it's like 
prize money, glory, and NASCAR right. road rage. And like at, your career's on the line at a racetrack <laughs> like Martinsville, which is one of my favorites that they do. It's just literally two hairpins on each end of it. You win a grandfather clock that they've been making for each winner since like the 1960s. <laughs> and it's so rad. I would love one of those in my house. Be like, yeah, one Martinsville. How dope is that? <laughs> so, I mean, there's definitely elements to it. Yeah, so they bump each other on short tracks, but it's to move okay. and be like, get out of my way. Okay. But when they do super speedways, like Talladega, Talladega. or Daytona, uh-huh. it's a drafting move. Okay. And the closer that the cars are to each other, the more momentum that they gain. So that's why you see them all in a big, long line. Right. And so you get this- And two, they're insanely close. Insanely close. Not as stable as they look on television. Mm-hmm. Going 200 miles an hour with bumpers locked against each other, you know, 10 cars deep, mm-hmm. sometimes even more. Yeah. And then they're side by side with another row of cars that are 10 to 15 cars deep yeah. doing the same thing. Uh-huh. And whoever has the surge of energy is going to be the line- yeah. That the other cars want to be in. And so you want to try to get yourself into that other line wow. to pass people. So it's that tactic is completely different. Mm-hmm. And you obviously can't be nearly as aggressive with a bumper in that situation. Yeah. Or you end up in a huge accident, which happens in every single one of those races at least four <laughs> times. So, I, I remember watching it with you. And I don't remember what race it was. But yeah, you were, you were saying like as because they're all in a line with each other. And they're just like nudging each other's bumper, bumper to bumper, bumper to bumper. Because they all want to draft and get more speed. Right. And then like as the laps get fewer and fewer, they get more anxious to get to the lead. And right. so they start to bump more. They start to lunge out. And so the crashes happen further, like closer and closer to the finish line. Right. And it gets hectic. And it just gets so bonkers. <laughs> People get messed up every time. And it's so funny because like the drivers, they always like afterwards in the interviews are like, I don't even know why we're doing this. It's just like, it's just a crash fest. It's just stupid or whatever. And I'm like, and yet all of you are here every time. None of you have been like, I'm not showing up. This is so stupid. It's a waste of my time. Yeah. All of them are always there. And then when they win, they're like, this is what we do for Mary. <laughs> so it's just so funny. So funny because they're just so polar. So, I mean, that's great. And you you watch NASCAR a lot. Yeah. So when- uh, Yeah. Back when I was a kid, about 10 years old, I got pretty into it. I mean, on our wall, we have a, a NASCAR signed by Dell Earnhardt. Senior, yeah. Senior. And a car signed by Jeff Gordon. Correct. Yeah. The two nemesis. Uh, the, they- They hated each the other. The old Larry Bird <laughs> and Magic Johnson. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I mean- in, The old Vader and Luke. This was what made NASCAR popular in the 90s. Orange juice and toothpaste. <laughs> well, Jeff Gordon was the rainbow warrior. Yeah, and he was like full the, color. He had just so much color, and he was he couldn't grow facial hair if you paid young, him. Young baby faced, yeah, youthful and Tom he, Cruise. He, he was just there, you know. He's just there to win. He's the Tom Cruise coming in. And Dale Earnhardt Sr. was just sick of his crap the second he <laughs> showed up. They hated his guts. And Dale Earnhardt Sr. drove a black race car. Mm-hmm. They, everyone called him the Intimidator because if he was in second position with three laps to go, yeah, he was going to crash you. He was oh. going to take you out of the race so he would win. Okay. And that was just his style. That's and people would it. be like, oh, do it back to Dale and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I, what I know is that Dale Earnhardt Sr. is number three. Yes. And Daniel Ricciardo was number three because he loves Dale Earnhardt. Because he was a Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan. Yeah. Yep. 
So the Intimidator, that you were on one side of the fence or the other. You were either a Jeff Gordon fan or a Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan. Right. No one was ever both. <laughs> and that's part of the reason why I am both, because I loved this era. It was yeah. so cool. Fun. Speaking of eras, I mean, now today, if yeah. we're going over this overview, who are some of the cool drivers and the big teams to be watching for? Well, this is the newest like era of NASCAR. I know mm-hmm. that would make sense at any given moment that I could have said that statement. Yeah. But this is honestly <laughs> the biggest advancement they've ever made with the race cars. Uh-huh. They have sequential gearboxes. Up until this point, they had run a four-speed manual gearbox. Wow. Which was pretty traditional. Yeah. Now they have a sequential gearbox. Mm-hmm. They used to run carburetors. Wow. They are fuel-injected V8s these days, but okay. they, you know, when I was a kid, they were carbureted V8s. Wow. And so there's a lot of things that they- They're modern. Dis- They're yeah. sticking with the times. Right. And back and then again, they just switched from a 15-inch steel wheel use, to an 18-inch wheel. They love fuel injection. Yeah, they just- They're like, we got to get that young crowd in. Sequential we, gearbox. We connect with sequentials <laughs> and V8 fuel injection only. <laughs> It'll get those TikTokers really ticking and talking. Hashtag Gen Z. <laughs> And I'm doing dance moves. But it's working. It's working. It's working. <laughs> but that's the joke. It's working. It's caught us. They're getting big. Well, no. And then NASCAR in the last few years, even just giving a little bit of context to culture and some things that they've done right, this clash at the Coliseum in Los Angeles has been something that's really caught people's attention. Oh, yeah. I watched it this year. It was great. We played at it. Uh, Cypress Hill. Yeah. Wiz- and then Wiz Khalifa Wiz did Khalifa. the halftime show. Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, Really slow race. Right. They can't get up to speed because that column's so small, yeah, but... it's a freaking football field. <laughs> it's amazing that they're having a race in there. But that's what I... You gotta love NASCAR it's for crazy. being like, yeah, we'll race on a freaking football field. Why not? Yeah. It kind of shows their no shame in what they're doing. And then uh-huh. also just being open to new ideas, being, hey, the sport might be Southern-based and sort of have this stigma with it. But mm-hmm. these days they're trying to be a little bit more like, yeah. hey, no, we can race in LA. Yeah. And I freaking love that. And it's I think really it's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of the celebrities that went there were a lot of rappers. Right. It's crazy. I was like, it's, I'm, dig- I'm digging this. No, so yeah, it's cool to just see like really fun people on like the fringe of like trends. Right. Being like, oh, this is a cool sport. I think that's a, there's a lot of talk around motorsport right now and it's fun to be a part of that so nascar the clash of the coliseum is a fun one to watch it's unique totally well and nascar is known for doing ovals and i've been told many times from several people that yeah. it is like watching paint dry yeah uh, but it's like a baseball game i'll say that the metaphor is is if you can understand every pitch and the importance of every pitch uh-huh. then you can understand every lap in a NASCAR race. Yeah. And they're just as critical because it is about tire wear and fuel saving and a lot of the same things that we're dealing with in Formula One. Mm. But also in the last few years, NASCAR has added more road courses to the calendar Mm. to try to appeal to that audience of Formula One fans. So, uh, yeah. So if I'm getting into it. Yeah. Who are some cool drivers and what are some cool teams? Haas Ah. is a cool team. It's Stuart Haas. Stuart Haas. And they have Kevin... Harvick. Harvick? Yeah. And he's a he's a really good driver, but it's his last season, right? Yeah. Wow. Good job, Max. I learned that at the Clash of Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forever, I think, is his hashtag because his number is four. Okay. So, yeah, Stuart Haas, if you're a Haas fan. Yeah. And it's Gene Haas. Yes, correct. He is uh, part owner, half owner with Tony Stewart, who is a racing, a NASCAR racing legend of the sport. Okay. Kevin Harvick was actually the replacement for Dale Earnhardt Sr. when he passed uh, away. He was the next driver of his car. Ooh. The intimidatist. Yeah, he's the he was the successor. 
So crazy to see that he's old enough to retire. Mm. Seems like it was just yesterday that all that took place. But uh, yeah, cool drivers to watch. Obviously, the Stuart Haas team is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a lot of really good talent on their team. Uh, they're Ford manufacturer in NASCAR, and there are three, three manufacturers. Okay. It's Ford, Chevrolet, and Toyota. Cool. And so the Haas team is Ford. Um, on the Chevrolet side of things, you have Hendrick team, which is Jeff Gordon's former team. Okay. Uh, Kyle Larson is a, a now a former champion of the sport. Uh, his teammates, Chase Elliott, is also a multi-champion. Okay. Uh, Chase is the son of and also a legend in the sport. So Chase is a super popular kid. Mm-hmm. He actually broke his leg this year snowboarding and uh, had, a f- had a few weeks Not off. To be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he was in Formula One, there would have been some pretty angry words yeah, over that. But pretty I, angry Gunters. Yeah. NASCAR is a little bit more forgiving in that way. So, uh, but anyways, team the Hendrick team is usually a front runner, and then the Gibbs team would be the next one in line that I would say is uh, Joe Gibbs, who was actually a football coach in the NFL oh. for a really long time. Where does Bubba Wallace fit into it? Because so, I watched his series. Yeah, so Bubba is he's a cool guy. Bubba races for Michael Jordan's team. Cool, and he has the number twenty three, and he's a good driver, and he is. He's won. He won Talladega? He won Talladega. That's a break. Yeah. Bubba's one of those guys, he's he's been in the sport a while, but he's mm-hmm. never really had the opportunity to 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 show his stuff. He's been in a team that struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then once Michael Jordan came into the picture, he's had a lot better chances to That's run awesome. up front. So it's been really cool to watch. Um, um last little fact I'll I'll try and put in there and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Then I want to ask for your three cool things. Yeah. How the championship shakes out yeah. is a bit different. It's a little bit more like you said, like a Super Bowl. Yes. Where the, <laughs> you kind of. It's a winner take all situation. So like you had the best of the best drivers kind of qualify for the final race over the whole season, I guess. Yeah. So they have a playoff format. Okay. And once they get into a certain point of the season, mm-hmm. if you have scored enough points or have won a race, uh-huh. you've qualified for the playoffs. They break it down into three races. Okay. For each elimination round. Okay. And you have to continue to hold your position through those rounds because they reset it to zero each round. Crazy. And then you're eliminated if you're one of the bottom, I think it's four. Okay. I think they do it by fours. And anyways, it's just- it's And eventually it gets to a point Eventually where... it gets down to four. And now everyone's still on the track, but only four people are competing for the championship in that final race. What if one of those don't win? Is it whoever finishes it's, highest? Is whoever finishes highest. Oh, that's crazy. That's yeah. fun. And so there's sometimes there's so an upset yeah, and it's someone a lot else wins. It's a lot different than Formula One where it's like Max is going to, you know, Lewis is like, you know, points and points ahead and he's won the championship with like five races still left. I can't, I can't tell you yeah, guys who are crazy. newer watchers of Formula One how annoying it was to see Lewis climb out of his car in Mexico City and get handed the championship trophy. It, it was like sucked. three, four races still Yeah, it was like, oh, this is the worst. That's exciting. <laughs> it's a different format. That's exciting. Yeah. It, and I think last year it was big news because the one driver slingshot Slingshot it around the fence line, right, to stay in the championship. To stay in the cha- one of those playoffs, like yeah. cut cutoff series, and he made it in. He slammed doors with the guy he was trying to beat as he crossed the finish line. Yeah, it was amazing. Okay, Mike, what are your three reasons why NASCAR is cool? Uh, uh it's it's racing. One, it's racing. It's well covered racing, so you can find tons of media on it. And you can get to know anything that you want to know with the YouTube channels or whatever and kind of understanding the tech and it's all there for you. So well-covered racing discipline. Number one. Two. They crash into each other. They crash into each other. They can be very aggressive and can slam doors. Yeah. 
Formula One cars can bump wheels. But they still crash. But that sometimes ends up with your, you know, your nemesis parking his tire on top of yeah, your helmet. Yeah. So you don't always want to bump <laughs> wheels with a Formula One car. So I love that you can smash doors. I love that. Three would just be the the amount of passing. In Formula One, there's not a lot of passing, especially not a lot of passing for the lead. Okay. Yeah. NASCAR has a ton of passing. And sometimes there's like an insane amount. I think uh, Talladega this year okay. was like over 100 passes for the lead. Oh, tons of shuffling of the order. Yeah, wow. It was like crazy. So okay, that's those would be the three reasons I'd watch NASCAR That is really race. exciting. Cool. Mike, great overview. What are your three reasons that Formula One is better <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you my three reasons. Number one, Gunter Steiner. Number two, Gunter Steiner. And number three, Gunter Steiner. Uh, Okay, you're right. You're right. I win. You're right. I win. You always win. Before we do our shifting gears to our fan questions. Yes. I don't know if I've told you this on the podcast before, but side note. I started, Uh you know how, I mean, I got into Formula One because of Drive to Survive. Right. A lot of our listeners have, and it's it's awesome. It gets you into it. And then Netflix is now redoing that formula for other sports, which is cool. Right. And they have the full swing one about golfing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was told to watch it by friends. I was like, cool. I got 15 minutes into the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't have time for this. And like, I should go back to it and revisit it. But honestly, I was like, mm, I love that it's teaching me about golfing. I can get into these players. But there, no one's, no one's gonna die, right? <laughs> there is no threat of no, crashing and dying. No, unless like this is Happy Gilmore, yeah, and someone drives on the course <laughs> in a Volkswagen Bug. Not to say that I want Formula One players to to die. No, but the threat and the intensity that these guys have to drive jets on the ground and right. risk their lives to win a sport, right? It is next level, and yeah. it's exciting. Golfers. They're not they're not risking life. No, it's like you see a putt and like the music <laughs> intensifies and it goes black and then yeah. it's like Miami Beach, Florida. Yeah. And you see that same golfer like oh. making himself breakfast in his kitchen and you're like, this isn't the same thing. Well, it's like, uh, and I think of it in this way, Bagger Vance is a great movie. Right. But they're not making 10 Fast and the Putter movies like Fast and Furious franchise off of golfing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have some yeah. good golf movies. Bagger yeah. Vance, Happy Gilmore. Seabiscuit. I mean, there's tons. <laughs> Seabiscuit. Great golf movie. Super good golf but movie. But they haven't made billion-dollar franchise action movies off of golf. No, they just haven't. They definitely have not. Has Tom Cruise starred as a golfer yet? I swear he has to have. <laughs> and if I'm thinking of it, it's, it's either anything, that or he's it's just le- Irish. It's, it's Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder <laughs> probably plays golf. Yeah, probably. That's the closest he's gotten. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, okay. well thanks, Mike, again. Yeah, thanks. Okay, shifting gears. <laughs> let's get into some fan questions. <laughs> flipping eggs in the pan for breakfast and it's like <laughs> Esteban Ocon is doing reaction tests at home yeah and they're like what's more interesting come on all right two questions from a longtime listener probably one of our oldest listeners nice his name's Don I think we've maybe had a question or two from him before yeah I remember yeah. Don he sent us a question on Instagram and then also one on email so we'll read his nice. Instagram question first because it's a tough one okay he cuts to the core of some uh-oh some things here so he says, this is uh, right after the race this weekend. He's like, poor results again. Not at all the season I was hoping for. We all love Gunter, but at what point does Gene decide that this team is not performing? It's oh, a heavy-hitting okay. question. Okay. Off the top of my head, I think, personally, I think it might be a little too early 
to start critiquing Haas with a poor season. For the year, yeah. Because I think we have a decent season going. Right. And because my and my thinking is we're only four four races in. Right. We have 19 left. Mm-hmm. So I personally think it's a bit early to judge because we've had a, like Nico Hulkenberg has a lot of points. Almost had a podium in Australia. Yeah. So we have had some shining moments. I think we can continue to progress. For we're sure. ahead of Williams and yeah. Alpha Alphatari. Right. We're right there with Alpha Romeo and almost with Alpine. So it's like, I think we're we still need to wait a little bit. Mike, what are your thoughts? I think it's definitely it's definitely a good question. I think yeah. that there's almost no point where someone can't be under some kind of microscope when you're in Formula that's, One. That's true. Yeah, Gunter isn't infallible, right? But what I will say is, I think that big picture, and we're talking the biggest picture that we can paint. This is the first year that Haas has had the full budget of the budget cap at their disposal, mm. and so this also means that this is the first opportunity that Haas has had to hire anyone out of anywhere. So if we're going to find the best engineers and aerodynamicists and people who want to come to Haas, help us develop the team and things like that, that journey has just started. And so while Gunter has done a pretty amazing job at getting us to be competitive, even for best of the rest at times, with as limited budget as we've had, I think that now the game becomes, can Gunter build a team mm-hmm. with the proper budget yeah. that can now compete in the points consistently? Yeah. And so I think this year is going to be a real big development opportunity to hire a lot of the people that we're going to need mm-hmm. to continue to progress as a team. Cool. And to gain that kind yeah. of consistency. And if we don't see any progression, then yeah, maybe it's time to Yeah, then rethink. it's definitely fair to say or have Gene to, it's worth a question. Yeah. Great. That was a great question. Yeah. Someone needed to ask it. <laughs> we can't all be such Gunter fans it's not that he's above reproach. Yeah, it's not sunshine and daisy all the time. And this is an email from Don. So he says, hey, Haas boys, huge nice. fan from season one, episode one, like I said. You're the man, Don. Thank you yeah, so much for legend. sending this. I don't write in as much as I mean to, but I have turned a couple of friends onto the pod. Finally, there we go. someone's telling <laughs> us about their friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Don. And he says, shout out to Doug, a Mercedes fan, but Haas boy at heart. Yeah, Doug. So- <laughs> it's cool. We've, we know yeah. plenty of those. We've even had them on yeah. the podcast. Thanks for telling us about your friend. And then he mentioned, he says, I also took German in high school. And my teacher was from Austria. Oh, remember how we talked about I took it in high school? Yeah, there you go. So we have that connective tissue. I am by no means fluent in Deutsch. (laughs) Ah, he's one step better than me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or any language aside from English. But I do think global sports like F1, soccer, and others are a great way to learn language and culture. I think that's so accurate. Yeah. It's so great. For sure. He says, Earth is a big place, but sharing sporting experiences bring us all closer together, which is real. For real. It's so fun. Definitely. He's like, I'll do my best to check in more often with questions and comments. Keep up the great work. Up the Haas. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So thanks, Don, for writing in and telling us about Doug. Thanks for telling us about <laughs> your friend, Doug. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. And his, his subject is V. Gates. V. Gates. Oh, I love it. Okay. Going into the next question. Here we go. This, <laughs> this is from Sam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> More from Sam. Here we go. He says, just read about Frankie Muniz taking the lead in NASCAR. Okay. I love it. Yes. That'll be fun to to talk a little bit about sometime. Yes, for sure. He's been a race car driver for a bit, and yeah, it's kind of exciting. Definitely. So his question is, if you had to pick a sitcom actor slash actress to drive for Haas, who would it be (laughs) and why? (laughs) What? 
Yes. <laughs> oh, no. This is rough. This is a tough one. A sitcom, sitcom actor? Sitcom, so no movie actors oh. or actresses. Can it be from any era or does it have to yeah. be like right now? Let's be from any era. Okay. okay. You can, yeah, you can pick any act sitcom actor in their prime okay all right well i mean i'm 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 ready are you ready uh go for it you go for it i'm jerry seinfeld G- gary seinfeld jerry <laughs> jerry seinfeld. seinfeld okay yeah and That's a I, good choice. I don't know if I need to necessarily dive too deep into that, but for those of you who may not be acquainted with Jerry, yeah. Jerry has one of the largest Porsche collections known mm, to the human might, race. He might know how to drive one of them. Yeah, he's definitely been very much into motorsport and cars ever mm-hmm. since forever. What's the deal with DRS? <laughs> <laughs> it's not drag. It's not reducing me. <laughs> definitely not a system. Am I getting way too off of Jerry yeah, now? Apparently. It's it's turning into the NBA Jam announcer. Yeah. He's heating up. <laughs> I don't want to be an F1 driver. Yeah. I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be the second driver. Uh. <laughs> now he's a rich Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he's like, uh. Uh. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Elaine. <laughs> Elaine. I don't want a pet for new tires. <laughs> Elaine. So you you would have Elaine and George and Kramer as the crew. It would be, yeah. And Kramer come out with the tires and fall over them as uh, he's coming out for the yeah. pit stop. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, um, and George would be on the pit wall pissed. I mean, is, I mean, is Larry David the team principal? Yeah. Okay. That is, gotta a, have that my is jo- a really solid team. Gotta have my calzone, George. <laughs> gotta have my calzone. I can't. I, I can't pick better. You, I don't you th- stole it. You, I think you, I might have taken have the ultimate first. team. <laughs> you did, because because mine is stupid. I, I I mean I haven't thought about this for a long time. I went like looks wise. I was like, who looks like a Formula One driver? Oh. And then when you said other eras, I was like Scott Bayo from Scott- Charles in Charge. <laughs> <Bayo>. <laughs> I would pick him as a Formula One driver. Okay, yeah. For, okay, just based on looks. Based on looks. Okay. I mean, yeah. He has a Esteban Ocon each. Yeah, Chucky LeClaire-ish vibe. Totally, but I don't have the pit crew to back it up. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a, a sh- that's a, a shame. shame. <laughs> You're such a smug jerk <laughs> right now. That's a shame. That's a real shame that you didn't think this through for I the mean, you best hit it right option. Off, you hit it right off the bat, man. That's great. <laughs> so that was a good question. That Sam. was a great question. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this last oh not last one, second to last one. Oh, okay. Um, this is Cruising from. Dave Roberts. Thanks, Dave Roberts. He wrote in. He says, Hey guys, I have started listening to the podcast this year. Um, just want to give a shout out to my friend who turned me on to the podcast. Oh, nice. Another friend shout out. Look at this. This is great. Telling us about their friends. Yeah. He's like, Hey guys, started listening to the podcast this year. Um, great stuff. Nice. Love Haas. Nice. Thank you, Dave. Awesome. We love new listeners. Yeah. We hope you continue to listen. He says, I want to tell you about my friend, Craig. Oh. He turned me on to the podcast. Big shout out to Craig. Thanks, Craig. This is great. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So oh, anyone okay. else want to tell us about their friends? Yeah. We're glad these are finally pouring in. Feel comfortable? Pouring in. Pouring in. We've got two <laughs> in one day. Okay. And then the last question. This comes from Cade. And okay. I think we've had one from him before. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm glad that we have new people writing in. And I'm glad we have old people yeah. writing in. We love all new fans, old fans. It's awesome. He says, so I've been wondering if y'all watch any other motorsport like NASCAR. Hey, there you good go. timing. Said in the most redneck accent you can do. Nice I actually kind of hit that pretty. <laughs> I'm wondering For if sure. y'all watch the other motorsport like NASCAR. 
NASCAR. Or Formula E or the W Series. Nice. I like to watch a few of the NASCAR races, like the dirt track and the road courses. And I've seen a couple of Formula E races, but was curious what else y'all watch. Curious. Thanks for all the great, great content. Hands down, my favorite Formula One podcast. And as always, let's go, Haas. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, kid. I mean, we do. Yes. And so I think uh, you're going to enjoy as we kind of cover the different motorsports over the next week, maybe month. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, to give you an answer a little deeper, even just as a quick one. Yeah. I think the best thing that ever happened to motorsports was the DVR or any kind of record. I was going to say, what does that in the car do? Does that make the car go faster? No, it's not a DRS <laughs> or a D- it's record the race. The DVR. But yeah. I think that the thing that's been so huge for me as a fan is uh, being able to just say, yeah, TV, record Formula E, IndyCar, NASCAR, mm. Formula One. Uh-huh. And then when they're on, I will watch them. Even if I don't watch them live, I can yeah. go back and just skim through. Uh, and honestly, it's part of what I've been doing with Formula E in this past year, just because I haven't been able to watch those as regularly. And it's been fun. It's been cool to catch. I mean, it's definitely a super interesting sport. We'll have to talk more about it in the coming weeks. But yeah, yeah, we love watching all racing. Racing is just, it's just the best. And we're glad that Kate is watching other racing. I think that's kind of the natural progression I've kind of taken. It's like you dive into Formula One and then in the off season, you're like, I need racing. What else is there? Then you're like, oh, there's tons of other cars out there. Right. And they're all racing each other. And I think it's all the way from like the top, top pinnacle of Formula One and professional sports, all the way down to like local touring racing events or even like car shows. Right. If you're just that into it, go to a car show or a meetup and see a bunch of cool, fun cars from your area. Yeah. Cars and coffee sometimes, depending on the area that you're in, can really open your eyes to somebody who might even be in the Formula One world, yeah. but that lives in your community. Yeah. You never know. So this is a great question, Cade. Yeah. And I hope you tune in to some of those other episodes. Yeah. I hope you and everyone else listening tells more friends about the podcast. We have listeners joining every week and we have new episodes every week. So follow us, subscribe to us, like us, share us, and then send us questions and send us info about your friends. <laughs> send us your friends, <laughs> info, bank account info. <laughs> That's the next step. Yeah. If you want premium content from the Haas Boys, <laughs> send your friend's social security number and, and their Venmo. bank info. <laughs> to the Haas boys. And we'll just, we'll just like, we'll just hang on to it. For safekeeping. Safekeeping. Backup. Back. Consider it a different form of backup. And it's, it's totally, it's totally crypto. Honestly, it's legit. It's super crypto or whatever they say. It's that. It's all on the blockchain. Yeah, it's blocked and chained. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Don't question it. Just do it. Just do it. Anyway, Miami this week. Woo. Catch you later. We'll see you then. Bye. Podcast. You have some good golf movies. Bagger Vance, Happy Gilmore. Sea Biscuit. I mean, there's tons. Sea <laughs> Biscuit.